Speaking of Travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Appalachian Realty, a unique and independent agency helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Visit them at appalachianrealty.com. Prestige Subaru, outfitting Western North Carolina for adventure with the 2019 Crosstrek. Find out how to make it yours at PrestigeSubaru.com. The Surrey County Wine Trail, featuring 16 wineries in the heart of North Carolina's Yadkin Valley Wine Country. Receive a free guide at YadkinValleyNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure and visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club to receive the latest travel tips and travel news. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime to this episode or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Well, it's hard to believe there are a lot of milestones going on right now, and one of them is actually MerleFest. MerleFest is coming up right here in western North Carolina, and you can register to win a pair of four-day tickets to MerleFest. All you have to do is go online to WWNC.com for your chance to win. And if you are really into festivals and being outside and listening to really wonderful music, you're not going to want to miss the Songsmith Gathering at the Brevard Music Center on May 18th with one of my big loves, David Crosby, big fan. You can win two free tickets from Speaking of Travel. All you have to do is go to the speakingoftravel.net website Click on the banner and enter for your chance to win two tickets to the Songsmith Gathering. Well, you know, I was talking about milestones, and I have a question for you. Where were you April twenty second, 1970? Well, if you remember, it was the height of counterculture. Jimi Hendrix died, and the last Beatles album came out. And if you can believe it, I know I'm having a hard time, next year is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. Now, I can remember where I was, Earth Day 1970. I don't need to go into it. But back then, mainstream America was, you know, pretty oblivious to environmental concerns. In fact, Earth Day 1970 gave us that voice for this new emerging consciousness and finally putting environmental concerns on the front page. Well, today, Earth Day is celebrated by more than a billion people every year, and it's a day of action that changes us and helps policies change and, you know, really impacts the places we love to travel. And we're going to continue our Speaking of Travel Climate Listening Project series today especially in celebration of Earth Day with Dana Ruggiero. And as 
Earth Day is coming closer. Dana is getting ready to head up to New York today to be part of a United Nations Women's International Forum and Earth Day 2019 with women from all over the world. And Dana, I am getting goosebumps just talking about that. I'm so excited to be going to New York to meet with these amazing women from around the world. I love that. I mean, you are really going to be like our ambassador to go and be around people who are 50 years in the making. Yes. Wow. Yes. I mean, I bet some of these women weren't even born then. I wasn't. Well, there you go. I rest <laughs> my case, right? Earth Day is such a special time. And I think now I think of it as Earth Month even. You know, April is when people really are paying attention to environmental issues more than other months, maybe. Um, and it's just a wonderful time where we see a lot more press coverage. We see conversations happening. A lot of special events are happening. So I definitely encourage everybody everywhere to check out what gatherings are happening around Earth Day in their communities. Well, they're it's a nationwide, it's a global movement now. And that's so exciting. And I'm wondering, women, I mean, I get it. Women are ruling the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. come on. We're moving in that direction. <laughs> we kind of know it. And here is this uh, very impactful gathering of women who have been doing these really important, um, all this important work to culminate into this um, Women's International Forum. And I want to hear a little bit more about what that's all about, because I know it was founded like five years after Earth Day started. So what's going on with all of their consciousness? That's true. Yeah. The Women's International Forum at the United Nations was formed in 1975, originally by diplomats' wives, as a way to come together and have conversations about the issues happening around the world. And now the current membership is over 300 women and men and so it's a wonderful community of representatives, um, high-ranking officials, uh, individuals that are, you know, needing to be leading these conversations, knowledgeable about the conversations, and also just have the information to raise awareness about the conversations that are happening internationally through the United Nations and around the world. Well, I know when I think of the United, Na the United Nations, I think of... Um collaboration. Yes. I think of peace. Yes. I mean, I've been to the United Nations so many times and it represents to me a safe place. Yes. I've never been and I'm from New York. I've never been inside the building before. And so to be to be invited to this Earth Day event, um, you know, with women around the world is is such an honor. I'm I'm just really excited to be a part of this conversation. Well, you're going to love it. One thing, when you're walking down towards the building, all the flags are yes. flying. It's so impactful. It's like, wow, all the flags, all the colors. It's so colorful. And, you know, I like to believe, even in this time, that each one of those flags represents uh People, yeah. humanity, um, uh, pr pride. And, it's, you know, it's such a good time to go during Earth Day because it is such a reminder that 
we all share this earth. We may have different flags and be from different communities, even within those countries. But we all live on Earth and share the air, the water, and the Earth that we that we love so much. That is definitely the message that we have to continue to move uh, out to all people in all. You know, we're looking at the United Nations being the pride of each one of these countries represented, and all the women who are being represented represented there. But let's think about our own communities. We each have our own flag. Like every county and every state has some kind of symbol representing the pride of that community. Yes. And so this is really, I feel, from 1970, such a grassroots movement of really reaching everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, Earth Day is such a connector. It's such a way to get out, celebrate with your community, volunteer with local nonprofit organizations, and also just to get involved, get connected, and see how else you can help throughout the year. And I love the title of this uh, United Nations Women's International Forum event that I'm going to. It's called Leave It Better Than We Found. And, you know, at this event, we'll discuss the unique responsibility and role that women have as leaders, both formally and informally in their societies, leaders in their families, leaders in their communities, um, and the ways that we can implement, develop, and promote practical climate solutions. Easy DIY ways to go home and to spread these important messages in our communities. Well, I'm excited um, to have the guests on today, women from... Who, who you'll be. Oh, no. Will you be there yes. with them? You will be yes. there with them. That is so exciting. Somebody from the United States will be joining us who's with an organization called Dear Tomorrow that works internationally to connect climate stories. And then also a woman from Sweden will be joining us and calling in from Sweden to talk about the issues there as well as how it was the birthplace of last show we had on some young people that are leading the climate movement. It actually was the birthplace of that climate strike. Sweden is where Greta is from, who has kind of led the way on young people taking action on climate change as of late. That is so exciting. We are really bringing uh, so much here on Speaking of Travel with the tra uh, the Climate Listening Project series uh, to help really educate and understand how people can work together um, because it when we get all the way around, we are really talking about our own communities, our own backyard, being able to make that change happen. And then on this global level of working together to ensure that when we're ready to go someplace, visit a new culture, that we know how to be better travelers and more sustainable people to really get what's going on out there. Absolutely. And it's always good to think about, you know, local actions, global connections, even the littlest actions that we take can help our communities. Even the littlest actions that we take can actually help people all around the world. And Dana, before we go to break, tell me where we can get a little bit more information. 
So on the Facebook page of the Climate Listening Project. That's easy enough. Well, I am excited. We've got some really great women, some wonderful guests today. Um, Earth Day, 50 years in 2020. I'll tell you what, there's a lot going on. Dana Regera, thank you for being on the show. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, Appalachian Realty Associates is a refreshing alternative to the big box franchise companies, and they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Appalachian Realty, a guiding force in the Asheville real estate market since 1979. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown Asheville. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. You've heard of North Carolina's Yadkin Valley wine country. Now it's time to see it for yourself. The Surrey County Wine Trail features 16 wineries in the heart of Yadkin Valley. And a free trail map is available at yadkinvalleync.com. Experience scenic vineyards and great wines in the Blue Ridge foothills. Surrey is also home to four rivers with 100 miles for paddling. You can request a four rivers map in addition to a wine trail map at yadkinvalleync.com. That's Y-A-D-K-I-N Valley nc.com fly me to the moon let me play among the stars let me see what's happy earth day to everybody this is marilyn ball you're listening to speaking of travel i'm so excited you know earth day comes around every year in april and it's always when spring is happening right everything is in bloom and it's colorful and i'm feeling lush and happy and it's such an exciting time and i'm here in the studio today with dana ruggiero we're talking about earth day we're talking about this wonderful um uh event dana is going to to celebrate earth day to talk about issues related to climate change and and travel and dana thank you so much and we've got a special guest. I'll let you go ahead and introduce. Yes, thank you, Marilyn. We do have a special guest calling in all the way from Sweden. Welcome, Frida. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for being here. So I'm very excited to go to the Women's International Forum at the United Nations. But I understand that It was kind of a vision that started many years ago at the Paris Climate Talks. Would you share that a little bit of that story? 
Um, that's right. Um, so I'm part of a, a Swedish parents-led campaigning group called Parents Raw, or Föräldravrålet, as we say in Swedish. No, I can't pronounce it. Um, and we actually started in 2012 here in Sweden, uh, mobilizing parents on the issue of climate change, really focusing on on achieving political change, so building momentum and building public pressure for political change. Um, and in 2015, of course, there was the big international climate summit um, happening in Paris. And that spring, um, we kind of thought to ourselves, well, wait, there must be more parent organizations out there. And shouldn't we all be talking to each other? And shouldn't we all be building pressure together? And shouldn't we all try to influence the Paris Agreement and, and what's happening over in, in France? So we started reaching out to different email groups and international connections to see what other parent groups out there are. There are there any to start with? Um, and of course, there was quite a lot, and there was quite a lot in the U.S. Um, so we started. We pulled everyone together on a call, and we just said, "Hey, um, we think we should be collaborating. Um, do you want to jump on a call and see if we can do something together?" So that's what we did. We jumped on a call. We had uh, at that time, I think, about ten groups from about five or six different countries joining. Um, and we also um, talked to each other and then we realized we should be doing something. So we did a joint petition in the lead up to Paris. Um, we also went to Paris, quite a lot of us, uh, to hand over that petition to the then president of the climate talks, uh, Ban Ki-moon and Cristiano Figueres. Um, and after that point, uh, a lot of these groups kind of went back into their own countries Um, to doing you know national level work and mobilizing parents in their own communities, um, but of course now we have a situation where my fellow Swede uh, youth Greta Thunberg uh, has really worked in the youth generation, and we see all these school strikes all around the world, and of course it's time again for parents to really reconnect with our kids and with the climate agenda. So um, now we're we're up and running again. Oh, I love stronger that. Than ever. It's it you know last ep- uh, show that we did we had some young people in uh, on air that are starting their own climate listening project podcast their own climate listening project art projects and just did a premiere of a portraiture series and the podcast premiere is coming up and I mean these kids I'm just so inspired by these young people but I'm also really inspired by you and all that you're doing with our kids climate would you share a you know just a few of the organizations I mean this is a global network how what is you know what countries are represented in this global network well there's, there's quite a lot so if I start from like the furthest away from where I am so we have parents from uh, Australia from US from Peru from Canada from Sweden Norway Finland Switzerland France and the UK Um, so quite a lot of different countries, and there's more coming by the minute. So groups are starting in lots of different countries. So we're hoping to really pull everyone um, together and and start collaborating more. And we'll have several different individuals from different countries at the United Nations Women's International Forum event. And I think that it will be 
a wonderful group of individuals coming together to talk climate solutions and climate action. I'm so excited and I'm so grateful to you for, you know, your work in international conversations, accelerating climate hope. And um, could you tell us a little bit about more about, you know, some tips for parents, some ways that people can get engaged that that aren't going to be going to the UN or are not, you know, a member of this organization yet? Well, I think the first thing to start with is to listen to kids. I know we see that kids uh, have a lot of anxiety about these issues already, and of course they're voicing it in lots of different ways, not just through youth strikes, but also, also, you know, they're talking about it in school. So I think the first thing is to really disconnect with your kids and start talking to them about the issue. Um, the second thing is, of course, like talking to others about it. Just starting to starting a conversation is uh, super important. And then I think there are like three things that you, or three spheres that you can engage with. And one is, of course, changing stuff in your own life and in the way that you live as a family. There are lots of things you can do to, you know, to contribute to tackling climate change in your own life and your family's life. But I think more importantly, it's really about engaging with your community. So really trying to connect with others in your community and doing things together. Uh, we know, for instance, that the best thing you can do to make other people put up solar panels is if you do it yourself. Like if you see people on your street putting up solar panels, that's the one thing that probably is going to make you do it as well. So we're really, you know, really looking for changing uh, norms uh, in society. And then, of course, the third thing that you can do is really to get political, um, to really voice your opinion, to take part in different organizations or groups, or for that matter, start your own group. It can just be, you know, reaching out to other parents um, in your daycare or parents that you hang out with at the park and, and talking about the issues and see if you can do something together to, to become more vocal on the issue as well. Oh, so I think I... we really need to really quite quickly sort of build both political power and build public opinion on this issue. I love so much that, that first tip of listening, you know, listening to the young people and um, Thank you for, for saying that. that. That's really important. Now, if people want to get involved, if they want to learn more, where can they go to get more information about your important work? So I think the first port of call is the um, ourkidsclimate.org website. And on there, you'll find not very much at the moment because we're still sort of re-engaging all the groups and figuring out exactly what we're going to do this year. But um, you can find a list of all the different organizations. So there's groups, of course, all over the world. And uh, do reach out and connect with those groups if you're keen on getting involved in, with a group. Or, of course, contact them if you want to start your own group and see what resources there are. We're really happy to share our knowledge and, and um, our tools and tips and methods and how we, how we do political work. Thank you so much and happy Earth Day. Frida, thank you so much. Happy birthday. I know. Thank you so so much for letting me on. It is so exciting. And I wish you the best. And I thank you so much for the work that you do. And and again, let's keep on going and connecting. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. Uh, Be thinking about what you can do, what your family can do to help make a difference. It will help all of us. We'll be right back. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. 
Tree Hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Whether you're looking for a downtown Asheville loft, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your friends keep talking about the Yadkin Valley. It's time to see for yourself. Now is the perfect time to visit North Carolina wine country. Spend a few days touring vineyards, enjoying gourmet meals, hiking the state parks, shopping, or relaxing. Surrey County is located in the heart of Yadkin Valley and showcases 16 wineries on the Surrey County Wine Trail. Many of the wineries offer cozy lodging in cabins and cottages. Make plans now at yadkinvalleync.com. That's Y-A-D-K-I-N Valley. NC.com. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine features some of the region's most interesting travel destinations and rider profiles. In the coming up spring issue, follow the route of DeSoto's trek across the whole Blue Ridge and read about several women riders enjoying life on two wheels. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see well, it's time to catch up with our good buddy, Doc Lawrence, as he takes us along the Gourmet Highway. And you know what? Doc is visiting a place that I am definitely going to visit soon. It is on my radar, Tam- and Ebor City. Well, knowing Doc, he's into his steak and French wine time, and he's following it up by an amazing seafood dinner, and of course... There's cocktails involved. Well, Doc, I know you love Florida and you love the beach towns. Tell me all about it. Marilyn, you know how much I love to tease you with a little question when I'm on the road. Here goes one for this week. What restaurant on earth has the largest documented wine cellar? Why, Burns Steakhouse, right here in fascinating Tampa, Florida, of course. The Gourmet Highway just seems destined to stop off here in this romantic, beautiful Florida city beside the Gulf of Mexico. Maryland, I've always thought of Tampa as an extension of Madrid, or Barcelona, or 19th century Havana. Its historic architecture, its culture, encompasses these places. You walk down the streets of Ybor City, the town within a town, My experience is stunning here. Moorish architecture, signs of the old world everywhere, and restaurants like the renowned Colombian, where the flavors of the old world are served each night with live flamenco music and gypsy dancing. Maryland, it's ole time here in Ybor City. Tampa, Maryland was the headquarters of Teddy Roosevelt and his Rough Riders who trained here before going to Cuba during the Spanish-American War, and battling on San Juan Hill. Tampa is the epicenter of North America's cigar industry. In Maryland, I confess, every now and then, 
I'll sneak a cigar. I know I shouldn't do it, but I can't help it. Marilyn, I spent yesterday at Bush Gardens, one of the largest zoos in the country and home to over 12,000 animals. Nearby is the Big Cat Rescue Reserve, a rehab center for abused lions, tigers, bobcats, and cougars. This place stole my heart, and it will yours. Marilyn, so we've looked at architecture, we've danced with gypsies, and we've played with some animals. Now it's time for the main course, and let's go to Burns. Burns was declared by a great friend of the Gourmet Highway, Rachel Ray, as America's best restaurant. Note, not best steakhouse, but best restaurant. And I'll back her up on that. The architecture and design here was described by the late Craig Claiborne in the New York Times as early bordello. I think he meant that tongue-in-cheek, but this place is gorgeous. Burns' claim to fame, though, is not so much its food, which is outstanding, it's wine. With over 600,000 bottles, it is the largest private wine collection in the world. If you want a 1947 Chateau Latour, and you've got $30,000 credit on that card of yours, Burns has it ready to uncork and serve. We're in Maryland. It's about time for me to go back to my hotel and change into a white dinner jacket. I'm in the tropics, you know. And I'm going to head on over, join some local friends that are denizens of this great city, and enjoy a large filet mignon, medium rare, and a bottle of Chateau Margaux. And this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball. And speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway here in exciting Tampa, Florida, saying, I hope to see you soon in your hometown. You know what, Doc? You just have way too much fun. Happy Earth Day. You know we'll be joining you soon. And remember, you can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, Earth Day, we've been talking about it a lot on the show today. It's it's a, it's a milestone uh, event that I love to follow. Uh, remember, uh, I'm here with Dana Ruggiero. We're in the studio. We're talking about uh, climate change and Earth Day and sustainable travel. And we just talked with Frida right from Sweden. You know, Dana, Earth Day, it... it it started in the fifty uh, in fifty years ago in twenty twenty, so nineteen seventy. Uh, years before that, the book Silent Spring had come out. That was very impactful. Absolutely, Rachel Carson wrote that book um, that really shined a light on some of the toxic, you know, systems that were in place and you know, brought a lot of attention to a very beloved bird in America, which is the the eagle, the bald eagle. And we learned that because of DDT, the eagle shells were getting so thin that they couldn't survive. And we learned that through this beautiful, beautiful storytelling. And that's why it is so important for scientists, for parents, for me and you, for everybody, for children, 
to have an opportunity to share our stories and to listen to what we what we learn and keep learning all the time because some of these things have happened so fast that you know okay well we didn't know that it was going to do that right well it, we learned it did and so we had a chance to stop it um and so in the 70s after the first earth day we saw a lot of different actions being taken place and some of those you know actions were by you know fishermen for example uh so these sportsmen that were were really concerned about the river did took action to protect these rivers so that we could they could continue fishing on these rivers um, and the Clean Water Act was passed um, you know a lot of actions happened in the 70s after that first Earth Day that we saw you know clean air protections land protections um, air you know and water and we we saw these these health concerns starting to be connected to our environment and the need for both conservation and preservation. And it really was a global movement. I mean, it was, again, we talk about grassroots and how things happen and people mobilize. And before you know it, there are, there are new bills and new policies and even new laws uh, to, to, Keep us safe. Yes. You know, one one successful sort of situation that has happened that a lot of people remember, which is one of the few international policies was around our ozone. Do you, you know? A lot of people remember talking about that and learning about that. But it's really hard to have international laws and international policies and to have them be upheld. Um, and so that's why events like this United Nations Women's International Forum are such an important driver of conversations. That's why the Paris Climate Talks and these these international comings together and listening sessions and you know agreements to take action are so important important um, because because migratory birds, because of uh, migratory whales and so many different things, the air and the water that we share um, are global. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the migration of the birds because the show that we did, you know, I love doing this series because we were able to um, address and, and bring up so many different ways that people can look at what is happening to the environment in the context of travel? And I had a lot of response about the wood thrush episode that we did, uh, all about the Belize project with the um, Audubon. That was such a global story of a bird migration. Well, bird people were all part of the big picture of travel. I love doing this show with you each month. We really have had a chance to shine a light on that. You know, birding tourism, agritourism, ecotourism, sustainable travel, green travel tips. Each month, something new and exciting in ways that people can take action and learn from some really cool people around the world. Well, you're getting ready to be in the thick of it, Dana, with people from all over the world, men and women. Uh, when you go up to the United Nations Women International Forum today, and when we come back from the break, we'll be talking to uh, another guest who you'll be able to bring in, and we'll talk more about that. Thank you. Thank you. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Dana Ruggiero. We'll be right back. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. 
We've all been there, settled into our seat on the plane, and then our seatmate falls asleep and starts to snore. Or we check into our hotel in the city and all we hear during the night is street traffic. There is an easy fix for the savvy traveler. Pop a few earplugs into your bag so you know you always have a way to block unwanted noise. Earplugs can be purchased very inexpensively at just about any drugstore or large box store. They're small and easy to take with you when traveling. And some hotels have even started providing earplugs for their guests. But I would say bring some with you just in case. You'll avoid the noise and have a smoother trip. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subieville. You've heard of North Carolina's Yadkin Valley Wine Country. Now it's time to see it for yourself. The Surrey County Wine Trail features 16 wineries in the heart of Yadkin Valley. And a free trail map is available at yadkinvalleync.com. Experience scenic vineyards and great wines in the Blue Ridge foothills. Surrey is also home to four rivers with 100 miles for paddling. You can request a four rivers map in addition to a wine trail map at yadkinvalleync.com. That's Y-A-D-K-I-N Valley nc.com if you're looking for a home in Asheville and Western North Carolina, Appalachian Realty Associates is a refreshing alternative to the big box franchise companies, and they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Appalachian Realty, a guiding force in the Asheville real estate market since 1979. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown Asheville. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is such a special episode here with Dana Ruggiera. We're uh, continuing our Speaking of Travel Climate Listening Project series. Today we're talking about Earth Day, but we're talking about so much more. We're really talking about ways... Uh, that we can connect and listen and act um, as we move into another 50 years of uh, celebrating and and being a part of Earth Day. Dana, thank you so much for being on the show and bringing in these incredible guests today. Thank you, Marilyn. I love doing the show with you, and I'm so excited uh, that we have these guests that just called in from Sweden, and now we've got an amazing climate leader from the United States who works internationally as the co-founder and director of the award-winning climate communications project, Dear Tomorrow. She's also a founding member of Our Kids Climate Global Network and will be a speaker at the United Nations Women's International Forum Earth Day event. Welcome, Jill. Oh, thank you for having me. This is great. So excited to be conversating with you again. You know um, how much I admire your work, and we had a chance to create a video together featuring women across America, a Dear Tomorrow Climate Listening Project collaboration of hope. Remember that? 
Yeah, that was a couple of, that was what, two years ago? Yeah. Three years ago. (laughs) And now we'll be celebrating with women from around the world for Earth Day at the United Nations in my home, New York, where you are based out of. What do you expect, what are you hopeful for, for this event? Um, well, you know, the youth in the, uh, across the world are, have really been organizing. I think anybody who's following climate change um, knows that in the past six months, um, you know, we've had lots of school strikes. And even before that, we had um, lots of kids involved in legal campaigns and also who are out doing a lot of work on climate. Um, and what we're really looking to do is to respond to, um, you know, the kids that are basically asking us to, as adults um, and as parents to step up and, and take action in our own homes, in our lives, in our communities, and also politically. And so what we're doing is bringing together a group of organizations that have been organizing parents um, in their own home countries, and we're bringing them together to launch a new initiative where we hope to work more collaboratively together over the next five years. I love how collaborative you are in your work, and we all need to be working together. Everybody has a contribution. The Dear Tomorrow Project is is such an inspiration. You know, I go out, I make films, art projects, and listen in in one way. But what you do in providing everybody with an opportunity to share their stories from around the world, would you tell us more about Dear Tomorrow? Yeah, so Dear Tomorrow is about four years old. Um, it was started when, uh, when my son was about a year and a half, um, and my co-founder, Trisha Schramm, her, her daughter was 10 months old. Um, and we were really thinking about how do we make climate change more relevant to people's lives? Um, and how do we take something that for, you know, we know that climate change is happening um, and there are a lot of people that are currently being impacted, but there are also many people um, across the globe, particularly in developed countries, that aren't feeling the kind of day-to-day impact or the extreme weather events. And so we wanted to think about a way to make climate change more relevant to people. Um, and so we started this letter-writing project where people can write letters to their children or their grandchildren. Um, They can write to themselves in the future. And they're basically thinking about, um, you know, what they want that future to look like um, and what they're doing now to ensure that we have a safe and secure future for our own children, but also for future generations. Um, And so, you know, that's basically the project that we've created. And we've had um, over 1,200 people across the globe participate by writing these very kind of personal um, testimonials and stories about how they think about climate change, what actions they're taking, and what future they really would like to create, help create um, for their loved ones. I loved when we were, you know, making the video and getting a chance, I, I got a sneak peek, like I, I looked in the vault and I and I, I felt such a personal connection, uh, you know, kind of having an opportunity to read some of the lines from the letters that then the women read for the, the video that we made. Um, but just this beautiful idea of some of them saying, I just wanted you to know, you know, my child, now you're grown up in the future. I wanted you to know that I tried. I did this or that. And we, we tried to make the world a better place. Um, and that's the theme around this event here at the United Nations Women's International Forum. Leave it better than we found it. Um, if you were to write 
if you were to ask somebody to write or have you seen a, you know, and I, I think I asked you this on the phone when we were prepping for this, but like a travel letter, you know, Hey, I tried to travel sustainably. What are some green travel tips that you could share? Some actions that people can take and, and, and write in and, and share. Oh, that's really, that's really interesting. Um, I think, um, you know, the people do talk a lot about the places that they visited and um, they, they're wanting to protect not only their own community, their own like home and where they live, but also other like nature places that they've, they visited. Um, you know, I think from a, from a climate perspective, it's, it's, it's a, it can be a little bit tricky um, just because, you know, overall, I think we do need to kind of reduce the amount of, of flying that we do. But I do think that means we can travel by train and, and bus um, and and boat. And I think what it means for travel is that people will be taking, like, thinking about the places that are a couple of hours um, outside of their home and, and thinking about, like, where can they go that they've never been to before um, that's actually much closer close closer to them. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. In terms of travel, it's a really, I think it's a super interesting question, but there's this new idea out there called slow travel, and it's like going to places that are, I think, closer, but it's also taking more time to travel. And so continuing to value the travel is super, super important, but thinking about it as like, you know, can I, can I spend more time with my family? Can I spend more time visiting my, my friends? Um, and being around other people and being in those, spending time in those communities. Yes, being in a community, being with people, listening, learning from those cultures, those unique perspectives, and, and not just passing through and kind of leaving a footprint, but almost leaving something good behind. Uh, uh, that listening that can happen when you travel alone can also happen when you travel in community with family. Um, if it's done right, um, you also have some just general tips that you share with through Dear Tomorrow and through um, maybe even your speech that you're going to give at the United Nations Women's International Forum. I'm not sure what you're going to talk about, but kind of like just a few ideas on 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 how people can take action in broader ways. Yeah, so we have uh, we've created this um, this way of thinking about actions, and we put them kind of in three different categories. One is the kind of action that people can do in their own home. Um, and those things are around um, how you move, your mobility, um, how you travel. The second one is like how, what food you eat and like reducing or increasing the amount of plants and reducing the amount of meat that you're eating. Um, and the third is kind of how you get your energy. So thinking about are there, is it possible to get wind energy credits or to put solar panels on your roof or um, engage in like community solar? Um, so, so there's a lot of interesting ways that people can get solar now. Um, and then so there's things you can do in your home. And then I think what's equally important, which is often missed, is things that you can do, uh, what I can say is social, um, like social communication. So talking to your friends and family about climate change, uh, posting something on social media, uh, being involved in a community organization making friends and bringing a friend to a rally. So it's like doing things that are like fun and engaging with people that you love, but it's also connecting and talking about climate change. Um, and then the third is, is being active on kind of a 
more political level. And that is, that's anything from like calling your representative to voting, um, to participating in a more kind of political direct, direct action. Um, and so people can kind of weigh in and do the actions. I think that they, that makes sense for them and that they're comfortable with. Um, but the most important thing is to kind of start with one and kind of pick up one and say, this is something that I know I can do and, and I'm going to commit to doing it. It's people like you that make me so hopeful. Um, thank you so much, Jill. Happy Earth Day. How can people learn more? Um, so my organization is uh, DearTomorrow.org. So you can go to our website and check us out. And then the new campaign that we are launching with organizations from all over the world is called the Our Kids Climate Campaign. Um, and you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and we'll be building our communities over the next next month and year and the next five years. Well, I so look forward to seeing love, you all at the United to join. I look forward to seeing you at the United Nations. Thank okay, you, Jill. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, thank you, Jill, okay. so Bye. much. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, this is Marilyn okay. Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We're just so excited. Earth Day, there's so much going on. Dana Ruggiero, thank you for being here today, bringing in these wonderful guests. I want everybody to go out, celebrate the Earth, get involved, take action, connect, educate yourself, and remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 